Welcome to the Cloud Accounting Podcast, a show for accountants and controllers using cloud technology to improve efficiencies and make their jobs more strategic and impactful. This podcast is brought to you by Flowcast, closed management software created by accountants for accountants to help them close the books faster and more accurately. We're recording live on CPA Academy, a provider of free online CPE courses. Check them out at cpaacademy.org. I'm your host, Blake Oliver. I am a senior product marketing manager here at Flowcast. And my guest today is Brendan Woods, founder and CEO of Auto Entry. Brendan, thanks for joining me today. Absolutely. Thank you. Where are you calling in from? So right now, I'm actually in my hotel room in uh, London. So um, I'm attending, we're exhibiting today and tomorrow at the what will be probably the largest agnostic uh, cloud accounting technology conference in, in the UK. Wow. And that's Accountex? It is. So although Accountex does exist also in the States, as, as people will know, I suppose the one in London is just that. It is notably bigger. Well, thanks so much for calling in in the evening. Your time, really appreciate it. I understand that you have a developer background, and uh, according to LinkedIn, it says you wrote the original version of Auto Entry for yourself. Yeah. Is that right? It's true. So yes, um, I when I was in school, uh, I think my stronger subjects were always scientific subjects, mathematics and science, and not knowing exactly what I wanted to do, I ended up starting in mechanical engineering. And as part of that, uh, computer science became one of the subjects in the second year. And then I decided, no, that was definitely more the stream I was interested in. So very quickly, I found myself saying, well, actually, I'd rather go and do computer science, which I did. And uh, yeah, before in my, in my early 20s, then I started working as a software developer. And when I was about 29, I had already worked several years in sort of um, clinical systems, so building hospital systems, and then migrated into financial services. And I worked in sort of building systems for hedge funds. And when I was in that job, it was I. It was the case that I worked with lots of financial accountants, um, be they financial reporting accountants or other fund accountants, that kind of thing. And simply, it was a very simple thing. Over coffee one morning, I was in the canteen. I was making myself a coffee, chatting to a guy that worked on my floor. And I didn't know him very well, but you know, we made some small chit-chat. And I was asking him how he ended up working there. And his story was that, well, he used to, he was a chartered accountant. He'd spent four years in college and then three years becoming a chartered accountant. And he went to work in practice. But he went to work in practice in a slightly rural location, not in the capital city. And in doing so, he found that they were doing very routine, somewhat tedious work in preparing manual bank reconciliations, once a year tax returns. And he just felt that it wasn't very exciting. Now, from my perspective, I was surprised because I'm, I would describe myself as entrepreneurial. I'm into business. I like to understand how, what makes a business tick, what makes it work or not work as the case may be. And I, I was surprised and challenged him, like, was that not really interesting, having the inside look on all of these businesses? And he said, to be honest, not really. Like, realistically, I spent half my days ticking and bashing through bank statements and so on. And it really shocked me that someone of this level of skill and, and um, education was doing this type of work. So that's where it started. That's where the idea spun from. And I thought, wow, like, you know, Surely there's a much more efficient way to do this. And I started uh, just working away on, on uh, proof of concept in my evenings and my weekends. And before long, I built a, a proof of concept that would automate the capture of bank and credit card statements. 
and identify presented checks and things like that and, and, and just do a very simple approach to doing a check in bank rec um, and, and, and quick coding those to a chart of accounts for let's say accounts production. So I showed it to some accountants, they fell in love with it. Now, bear in mind it was, as I described, you know, it was, it was very lightly held together with string. But it demonstrated um, the concept of what I was, you know, showing that could be achieved. And, and they loved it. They really lapped it up. And um, about a year later, I eventually took the plunge and quit my job and started the company. Wow. So so I, and I, I'm new to auto entry. I think the first time I heard about it was perhaps maybe a year ago. Um, and I'm, I'm wondering, is that because you haven't had a presence in the United States until recently? Most likely, yeah. So um, our headquarters is actually in Dublin, in Ireland, um, although our first major market was the UK. I mean, for us, that's you know a 50-minute flight. It's it's pretty much our next biggest market, but it's you know 16 times the size of, of Ireland. So for us, it's an obvious kind of first um, first place to, to go. So as soon as we built the product, I mean, even my first sort of sales employee was based in the UK, uh, outside London, um, just to address that market. And we spent the first few years building up our, our initial customer base there, and we did very well. And that was originally a product, as I say, for automating the bank rec side of things. Mm -hmm. And then as soon as that went out, people said, look, this is actually really, really good. Right? So sorry to interrupt, but when you say automating the bank rec, do you mean extracting like bank statement lines from? Yeah. So you, you take a shoebox client would come into their, their CPA at the end of the year and let's say, hey, I need to do a personal tax return. They give them last year's bank statements. And traditionally, people or the firm would, would take those statements give them to maybe a more junior member of staff or a bookkeeper and ask them to type them up into maybe straight into accounts production. That's and exactly they, what I started doing when I was a bookkeeper. Yeah. <laughs> so you get 40 pages of bank statements. You, you, you literally type them up into accounts production. You code them up to the start, the nominal chart of accounts. And then, you know, you, you obviously do your check rec and bank rec and so on. But that first piece, depending on the level of transaction volume, could be anything from hours to a couple of days. Mm -hmm. So we were saying, well, okay, so we solved that. We said, okay, scan them in, give them to the software. The software will extract all the transactions. It will identify which of those transactions are presented checks. It'll identify then if there's any missing check numbers. So you only have to check the stubs for the missing ones and see if they're outstanding or canceled, all that sort of stuff. And, and we made it a 20-minute job instead of you know most of the day. And of course, accountants that were doing lots of this thought this was amazing, thought it was fantastic, and we sold it to about 1,800 practices over the next two years. In doing that, then people said, look, this is really, really good. And we've looked at kind of OCR type stuff before, but generally the inaccuracy was such that, you know, a good bookkeeper would probably type it up nearly as quick as, as it takes to find all the errors. And, and we kind of managed to resolve that and get past that. So they said it was really, really good. And then people started asking, they said, look, you know, this is great, but this is just my small kind of micro business once a year kind of shoe, shoebox type job that I do. But what about all of my bookkeeping clients, right? Because we get, we have lots of bookkeeping clients that we provide a monthly service to who provide us a huge volume of documents, but not bank statements necessarily, but it could be bills and receipts and so on. And when we looked into it, I realized quickly that it probably 
built a very sophisticated solution to quite a niche problem <laughs> relative to that of the more accounts payable ongoing bookkeeping solution that affects every business. So we looked into it and we said, yeah, actually, this is the much bigger um, area for us to address. And, it, and it's a natural um, improvement and, and step forward from where we started. So we spent sort of 2014 and 15 building auto entry and we released it two years ago at the end of Q116. Got it. So, so you handle not only the bank statements, that's what you started doing, but you mm -hmm. also handle the receipts, the invoices. Uh, what other types yeah. of documents can be OCR'd by your system? So um, we have three, four document folders now. So one is we label purchases. So that will be your purchase invoices or bills, mm -hmm. uh, receipts, credit notes. Um, so anything to do with the things that a business is buying, basically. And um, we'll capture all the information from that. So that will be everything from the vendor, the the, the bill number or invoice number, invoice date, the, the net, the tax, the total, and so on. At a, at a basic level. Um, for those territories like in Canada, where there's multiple um, tax rates, sales tax rates, we'll actually capture subtotals per tax rate. So we'll break it out because different portions of a bill might go to different expense categories. And very often it's based on the split as to what tax rate is being applied. And it's the same in the UK and other Commonwealth countries. In the US, it tends to be a bit simpler in that um, because businesses don't reclaim that sales tax as a business expense, they tend to just maybe want the total off bill. And that does make it easier. But at the same time, we also uh, offer to capture the full line item detail. So we can capture the description, the unit price, the quantity, mm -hmm. the net for every line, which makes it very powerful for certain businesses where you want to be able to allocate different lines of bills, maybe to different you know, classes or locations or departments or cost centers, project codes even, um, and, and to be able to get the granularity out of those bills without having to manually type them, which most people will not do because it's just so labor intensive. Yes, that, that one feature alone really sets you guys apart from the other OCR and document processing, processing solutions we have available, at least for small and mid-sized businesses here in the U.S. Are, what else makes you guys different than, say, Receipt Bank or HubDoc or any of your competition in the U.S.? Yeah, so um, one of the things is we get credit for um, particularly tends to be the granularity of the functionality. So think little thing, I mean, they sound maybe like little things and that we all seem to do the same thing at a high level, mm -hmm. but it's more of a detail. So for example, um, we were the first ones to offer kind of a broad range of documents. So it wasn't just, the, some apps were doing just bills and receipts. And then we were doing well, bills and receipts and banking and credit card stuff capture, but also we were doing the sales invoices and sales credit notes. And some people will say, well, why would you need to capture sales invoices? Surely if someone's on QuickBooks, they would be raising the sales invoices from QuickBooks. You don't need to capture them. But actually, there's a lot of use cases where this is not the case. So either because the business is in a particular vertical, such that they'll have a bespoke solution that is matched to the industry they're in, be it dentistry or- Construction, or great example. Exactly. So they're generating their sales invoices perhaps from another system because it impacts on their stock system or, or other things. And the issue was if that system that generates their sales invoices does not integrate with their accounting system, how does that sales information get back into their accounting system without manual data entry again? 
So we we always covered kind of all the bases. So for a practice in particular or a bookkeeper, almost any client that they'd have or, or almost any situation they're in, whether it's a catch-up job and they want to get a year's worth of all, you know, one or two years worth of all bank statements caught up with, even if then they move that client onto a solution that maybe has bank fees or some other ongoing solution from that point forward, getting them up to speed into a solution, getting the data in the first place was always what we were able to do, be it bank statements or card statements. And and although a lot of bank fees are becoming more prevalent, for the smaller institutions, whether it be credit credit unions or savings and loans, we can do it all. So we always have that we always have that piece that mm-hmm. almost no matter what the job was, we would be able to capture it. Whereas most other apps kind of focused on a core. Yep. Be that finance payable and that's all they did or be it something else, and that's all they did. Um, the granularity of functionality also went down to things like line items. We were one of the early ones to offer full line item capture. And not just, I mean, even though there are some apps that, that are starting to do it now, they tend to only do it from the electronic PDF invoices. So if you happen to get electronic generated invoice, as in an ePDF, they might be able to programmatically extract line items. But we would do that even from the photograph. So if they're using our mobile app and they take a picture of, of a bill, we'll be able to pull the lines from that. The next thing is things like our rule engine. So people might be familiar with the concept of bank rules, where in accounting software, if they're getting bank feeds in, they can create rules and say, hey, if you know if there's a payment and, and the description of the transaction looks like this, well, then you know it should get categorized in this way as an expense. Well, we've built the very same thing essentially for bills so that people who do rely on on granular analysis of line items from bills, they can create their own rules. So they can say, well, for this vendor, if they can create a rule and say, if the description begins with, you know, these five numbers and so on, that could be an SKU. And they can say, if it begins with this, well, then we want to map it to this account or to this product and service. And so... Although that's a fairly recent addition, is a very powerful one. We're, hmm. we're finding some accountants are coming back raving, saying this is the holy grail because although we caught the line items before and we got a lot of credit for that alone, they still often had to go through those line items to allocate them appropriately. Hmm. Whereas now they're saying we're able to just set up rules now, and, and next month is fine. You know, it, uh, that's really interesting. And, and uh, there's one other thing. Did you mention the pricing that you price per item? Yeah. So when we were releasing auto entry, I mean, um, you mentioned Receipt Bank, for example. Um, they were already quite an established uh, startup in the space at the time that we were launching. Um, they were a few years ahead of us. So when we were launching in the UK, bear in mind that we were already in the same market selling to similar customers. We were on the bank statement side and they were on the IP side. Um, so when people were asking us for, for invoice capture, I was saying, well, do these guys not know that there are solution providers in the space already, or are they not maybe fully satisfied with the solutions that are already available to them? And so we did a lot of analysis talking to our existing customers that were asking for this functionality, saying, well, what do you want from it that you can't otherwise get already? And that became our spec. So we we spoke to dozens of accounting firms, and they said some of them were saying, well, we want the line, we want we need line items, or we need um, tax summary um, capture. So it's not just the total tax, but we need it broken down per tax rate. Now that's more of a European or, or Commonwealth type country scenario. But it's something that we said, yeah, absolutely. Because 
if you need to capture the sales tax at different tax rates within one bill and you're only getting the total, you're you're not someone that solution that you're using doesn't automate your data entry. It kind of just moves it from your accounting software into some other system. I mean, they might get some of it for you, like the vendor and this date, and but you're still doing half it yourself, which doesn't really give you the same experience at all. You're paying for two systems. So we said we wanted that to be our baseline. So that's what we did. The other thing, though, as you mentioned, is the pricing. So we realized that our natural route to market was going to be through bookkeeping practices. And the reason for that being, we'd already acquired 1,800 of them on the bank statement side, and that was our natural first protocol for releasing this product. But also, it, it makes sense, right? If we sell to an accounting practice that provides an outsourced bookkeeping service, they are likely to have lots of SMEs that they can put on our system, as opposed to us trying to sell to each, each individual SME directly. So that's what we did. And we said, well, if I was a bookkeeping practice, I was looking at the other solutions. So we already, you know, ticked off the boxes on the functionality gaps and we've made a better solution, we felt. But the next thing was to say, well, what's the pricing in the market for other solutions that are available? And what we started to see was that some people were unhappy or were struggling with the justification of some of the pricing of other solutions. And Mostly, I think that was down to the fact that they were generally priced in what I would describe as the most traditional SaaS model pricing, which is every company you know, gets put on the system on a particular uh, subscription level based on how much volume they're using. So in our case, it tends to be based on document volume. In other SaaS applications, it could be based on number of seats or users or whatever, or gigabytes of data, that kind of thing. But in our case, the thing was, you had to choose logical breaks to say, okay, well, let's say our first tier is going to be 50 documents a month, and the second tier be 100, and then 200, and so forth. And that makes sense, except where you're in a practice, and you might be providing this as an outsourced service, right? So you're now consuming the cost of this solution. You're not necessarily having your clients subscribe directly. In doing so, you could have 100 clients that you're providing a monthly bookkeeping service to, and they could be averaging 60, 70 bills and receipts a month. But the problem is, the way the breaks went, each one of those clients would have to, say, go onto a 100-document subscription because 50 wasn't enough. And if you're only using 60 or 70, you're actually wasting 30 to 40% of your spend on every single client. Now, that's okay if you're one SME and you're paying 20 bucks. And you know what? If that saves you from spending two hours typing up bills and receipts every Friday evening when you'd rather be spending time with your kids, fantastic. No one's going to complain that they didn't get to use every credit or not money. But if you're a bookkeeping practice and you've got this 100 times over, and it is your direct cost of provisioning a service, i.e. the bookkeeping service, it does matter. So we said, okay, well, this doesn't make a lot of sense. If, if I was the bookkeeper, I'd be upset by this. So we decided to do our pricing in such a way that we isolated the subscription away from what companies it was being used on. So if someone subscribed to 100 documents a month or 500 documents a month, we didn't ring fence those documents to particular companies. So you could have 500 documents a month as your subscription, but you could be using that across 50 clients if you wanted to. And the real benefit of that, I mean, we knew that the, the upside of that was that accountants would love it, right? It was a really fair pricing model. It meant that if we were saying- You're paying for what you're using. Exactly. You're paying for what you're using. 
you're only paying for that if we save you lots of time or if we save you time on a unitized basis, i.e. on how many documents we can, you now no longer have to type up, and we charge a small fraction of what it would normally cost to do that manually, well, then it's, it's a no-brainer. It just makes sense. And now at the same time, we knew that unlike all of our competitors, where they were getting 30 to 40% of the revenue for no work, <laughs> It was going to be tougher for us on margins. You know, we were, you know, we were going to have to be um, be efficient. But at the same time, thankfully, it did work out well in our favour. We now have over two thousand bookkeeping practices using auto entry, and I think through those we have now about sixty four thousand SMEs set up on the system. So it's been really, really good. I mean, that's just over two years, and people really, really gave us a lot of credit for. For that pricing model, I really appreciated that it was fair, made sense. We gave them the usage reports as well, so they can run a report and they can see how many credits have been consumed by each of their clients. If they want to rebuild in a way that correlates to that, that's up to them. Um, and, it, and it just it just seemed very fair, and everybody liked it. So that was one of the big things we did differently. The upside, which was really nice though, was that we would talk to some customers or prospects, let's say, at that time, who may have been using a competitor solution. And they may said, they, well, I can think of one example. And he said, look, I've only got a handful of clients on your competitor solution. So, you know, you don't need to drive out to me and do a big demo. I mean, I'm not going to be a big win. I'll be a small spender anyway. And I said, well, you know, we're, we've, we're just launching. I'd like to get your feedback and really understand what you think of it, given that you've already got the experience of using our, our competitor solution. And I said, okay. So I went out, gave him the demo. He said, right, it looks really good. Look, I'm happy to get the guys to try it out on a client or two. We'll see how it goes. So we did that. And within a few weeks, he subscribed and, and he moved his clients over. And I was delighted, naturally. But what I was not prepared for or what I was particularly surprised by was that about three months later, when I looked up his account and I was about to you know, get in touch with him again, he said, uh, um, I looked at his account just to make sure that they were still going well, they were still using it, you know, that they hadn't had any support issues. And I realized that 43 clients on the system. And I was thinking, sure, he only told me he had like half, five or six, like half a dozen. So when I spoke to him that day, I said, Gary, I'm, I'm convinced you only told me you only had a half a dozen bookkeeping clients and most of your work was audit or, you know, other stuff. And he said, oh, no, no, we have quite a lot. It was just we only had five or six on the other solution. And the reason was they felt they had to just make a decision with each client whether it made sense to put them on because the minimum was going to be 50 documents. And he said a lot of these clients, they could be daily rate contractors, even software developers who are, who are like acting as self-employed people, but they have little or no expenses. I mean, they have very few receipts. So why would I put someone on to a solution that would automate the capture receipts when they only have five or 10 or 20? We'll have to pay for 50. So he said, what we love about auto entry is this pricing model. We can absolutely put every one of our clients onto the system because if they use only five receipts, that's all we're paying for. And it means then we also end up with a standard operating procedure in the practice. Everybody gets treated the same. Every client is dealt with in the same way. So we have auto entry for everyone. The, the rules that it builds up and the fact that it learns how everything gets analyzed mm -hmm. in terms of different vendors for different things means that the bookkeepers don't even have to spend as much time thinking about it. They used to have situations where there were certain bookkeepers would would generally do the do the accounts for certain clients because they understood the supplier base. Whereas 
with this, they were like, we don't really need that anymore because the only decisions that have to be made are usually new vendors. You know, so vendors that the system hasn't seen before. I, I I love that pricing, and as some as an accountant who has done outsourced accounting, I can tell you it's a terrible dilemma when you have to decide: is this client does this client have enough volume to put on this solution? Right, and it's much better when you can just put them all on something, and you know you just pay for it if you use it. Yeah, yeah. that was that was what we did, and I like that. Not having to make a decision about whether the client is suitable or not is one thing. And other practices have the problem that they assumed the client was more than covered in 50 documents a month and quoted the cost of adding that um, capture solution to their monthly bill at, say, let's say it's $15, whatever it was. But the problem was within a couple of months, they realized actually that was just a quiet couple of months. And now they're really doing 100 every 100 documents or close to 100 documents every month, certainly over 50, meaning that the practice was now paying $30 a month for the solution, even though they quoted the client it should be 15. So the client was was going to get upset a couple of months later when they're suddenly getting charged more than they were initially quoted, or the practice was going to have to kind of absorb some of that cost. So whereas with ours, they can either rebuild it in a unitized way and just show the report, or for the most part, because we were generally very cheap, they just absorbed it entirely. And they they just said, you know, we're not even going to like, present this additional cost to the client. Um, and we'll just suck it all up because if it's five receipts a month, it's nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, probably like a dollar right, or a little over. Like it's, 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 it's not relevant. Um, but the guys that are in 50 or 100, we're making, you know, what we're charging, you know, relative to what it costs to use a service. Um, most of them generally didn't pass on the cost in any sort of direct way. Well, Brendan, that's about all the time we've got today. And I really appreciate you taking the time um, to, to talk to us and tell us the story of, of auto entry. And um, where, where, what's the best way for folks to reach out and learn more about your solution? Yeah, um, that's wow. I couldn't believe the time went so fast. I'm sorry to have um, rattled on so long. No worries. Um, find out more about the solution, right? So our website is autoentry.com. Um, alternatively, if you were to go to the expense management section of, say, if you were a QuickBooks user and you go to the Intuit store, the app store, and expense management section, you'll see where I think we're the second highest rated app on the store at the moment. Um, so you can click straight through there if you're a QuickBooks user. Um, but we integrate with all sorts of products, QuickBooks, Zero, Sage, and, and many more. All right. Sounds good. Uh, thank you, everyone who attended live today on CPA Academy. If you're interested in learning more about cloud accounting or simply following what's going on and getting notified of these sorts of events, please subscribe to my newsletter, Cloud Accounting Weekly. You can get that at newsletter.flowcast.com or simply go to cloudaccountingweekly.com. It'll take you to the same place in the end. Thanks, everybody. And thank you from Flowcast. Brendan, thanks for your time today. Blake, it was an absolute pleasure. Thank you.